from Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, let's get into it. Our purpose? To do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage, and the rest of us? Well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations, and together, let's etch the edges. Welcome back to another episode of Etch the Edges. Today we have a very special guest on the show, Sheriff Kibo Taylor. Sheriff, Thank welcome you. to Thank the show. You. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely, absolutely. So as you folks know, what we do on Edgy Edges is we etch edges. We try to do the hard work of closing the ideological divide by leaning deep into discomfort on things that sometimes are a bit uncomfortable. And we talk to the people, often ordinary, regular, everyday people who find themselves in positions of power doing extraordinary things because they must. But often enough, when we see these folks doing these things, we don't get the opportunity to just talk to them anymore or let them say their piece. On Edge the Edges, that's what we want to do. We want to hear from folks, talk to folks, get their perspective, because we all know that in order to close the spaces, the divides between us, we have to embrace critical thinking. And that requires us to see perspective and let folks say what must be said through all the di dimensions of diversity and discomfort. That's what we are about. That's the point, that's the purpose. And with that being said, Sheriff Taylor, you know you, you, cut, a, you cut a large path through the county. We, we love having you on deck. And you know we just wanna go ahead and step it back to the beginning and let folks know in your own words, who is Sheriff Kibo Taylor? Where is he from? And how in the world did he find himself sitting in the sheriff's chair? And you know, it's funny that you asked me that question that way because when I was on the campaign trail, we did actually did a, a video commercial and it was entitled, Who is Kibo Taylor? You know, and uh, we had some fun with it. Um, but I tell you what it was, it was, it, was, it was enlightening, but it was more emotional for me because it gave me the opportunity to go back and reflect on some things. And I'm sitting there like, they're asking me the question, who is Kibo Taylor? I'm sitting there like, hey, I don't know. Let me help you find out who Kibo Taylor is. <laughs> It's because, you know, man, you know, my, my journey has been so, it's been a very blessed journey, you know, from where I come from, from Lawrenceville, Georgia. And uh, I grew up in the uh, old, which is now no more, Sally Craig's apartments right there off of Scenic Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. So many of your listeners that, you know, or viewers that are familiar with that area, that's where I grew up at and uh, went to high school locally here, um, you know, and and I tell the people, man, and, and I'm a little long-winded with this, so bear with me. Oh, yeah, no, you, know, you got the mic, Sheriff. You run it. And, and so people are like, well, how did you become a police officer? And I'm like, 
So a lot of people are like, oh, man, I always wanted to get in and protect and serve and all this. No, man, I had flunked out of Georgia and I needed a job. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we want to make sure we say keep it real. Folks, listen, Sheriff Taylor is keeping it real. Let's run. Yeah, man. You know, so, you know, but it, go, it goes back to, again, to say failure is never final. Okay? That's right. So, you know, on the flip side of that, you can come back from anything but the grave. And sometimes, man, God has a different plan for us than what we believe that we have for ourselves. That's you know, right. we may believe that we got some things mapped out and, uh, you know, and it's like, no, that's not where I want you to be. You know, I got something else for you. So, um, you know, man, I've had some profound things happen in my life and I, you know, was able to get some good experiences, you know, and more so, you know, just a second chance to come back into law enforcement and do things differently than I did the first 26 years that I was actually working at the police department. So I hear that. Can, can you hang on one second on that one, Sheriff Taylor, one second, because I just want to emphasize that piece right there because it's so critically important for everyone. I, I have educated kids and adults in STEM and STEAM over so many years and gotten folks into technology. I've got tons of failures myself but I think it bears calling out for someone who is in a position of authority in the county, doing good work, doing real work, that folks recognize that what the sheriff just said, what this man just said, is he stepped up from failure. And I just think that we need to emphasize that point for a lot of our kids out there who are, who are nihilist. You know, I, I, it crushes me when I'm when I go out in the community and I can already see or hear from a kid that might not know that I'm listening. And they're talking about not making it past 22 or what's the point? They, they, they say things like that. Failure is not the end. And I just want folks to know that the sheriff just said that. I want you to internalize that and share that message because it's not a trite one. We often just kind of throw it out there like it's a, a little thing. It is not. It is meaningful and it is powerful and it bears repeating. I just wanted to say that, Jeff, and thank you for putting that out there. And let me tell you what, we could do a whole nother program another time talking about failures. Absolutely. You know, and, Absolutely. And, 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 and perceived wins that actually we're not actually winning in. You know, but, you know, if you can say anything to your kids, man, or anybody that you have any level of influence over or anybody that's listening to anything, man, life is a, it's a practice. We practice life. Okay, there's no, I've heard folks say that there's a game of life. No, we practice life. We practice life every day. And sometimes, man, we might get to play right. Sometimes we don't get to play right. Okay, but the best thing about life is, is that it sets us up. And the more we practice, we get to do better as we move forward. And, and, and that's what is really all about, you know, just the journey to get here you know, then being in here, you know, and yeah. realizing, you know, I come in with some ideas and it's like, man, it's, oh man, it's not that way. And for some reason, somewhere, I got the, 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 the idea that everybody liked me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Okay. 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 I realized real quick, man, it was people bad. I remember uh, Mitch McConnell said that he was going to make Barack Obama a one-time or one-term president. Yep. I had people from day one working on making me a one-term sheriff. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
you know, if if I, if I can't get any other point across here today, this is the point that I wanted to get across is this, you know, law enforcement, man, there's such a perception and, and, and I'm going to say it, a negative perception. Okay. And negative perception that is brought on by the people and the leadership in law enforcement. Now, I get in trouble sometimes when I say that, but I don't care because that's just how I feel. And what I tell other leaders in law enforcement is that it is up to us as leaders to make sure that people in all communities feel like that they got a stake in law enforcement. And so we're going to have to be the ones that go back out here and put the work in going into black communities, Hispanic communities, any community that has been so unrepresented and been, you know, the atrocities are true. They're real. You know, the, the actions of law enforcement is real when it comes down to our people. And, you know, if you're not willing to make that change and look at doing some things differently, then you probably don't need to be in this because change is going to come whether you're going to be a change facilitator or not. It's coming. And so when I say that I got a second chance, anybody that knows me when I was actually, you know, working at the police department, man, I was very aggressive, man. And it was about the numbers. You know, I'm locking people up, man. I'm making my name the whole nine yards. And I felt like that that's what it was all about. But what I didn't do is, is that when people needed me outside of locking folks up, I didn't answer the bell, right. you know, and it took a while for me to come to terms with the fact that, you know, hey man, you know, you should have answered the bell in a different way. Yeah. And I didn't do that. So when I got out of law enforcement, you know, I was retired for 11 years before I actually ran for sheriff. So I got to get out, man, get some other life experiences, man, work in some other areas, do a lot of work with kids. You know, I call myself growing up, you know, and coaching football, coaching football at the high school level, you know, just learning and seeing people differently. So when the opportunity came for me to actually run for sheriff, you know, one thing that I prayed about was I'm like, okay, I saw how I did it before. And I see how I can do it differently, you know, and, and if you see fit, give me this opportunity to do it different. So, you know, yes, we still are strong on law enforcement out here from the sheriff's office, but you'll also see, man, that I have put a lot of resources on a lot of people, you know, toward, you know, going out into the community and doing things differently. You know, I'm very proud of two very, uh, very important things that we do, our community outreach, and uh, you'll see us out at the churches, you'll see us out at the parks, you'll see us out at different, you know, events in people's communities. You know, we're out there and showing where people can see us other than coming in there and locking somebody up. Right. And then the most important thing that I feel like we have going right now is our mental health task force. And uh, mental health, man, is, is such a big topic that has tentacles in everything that we see in our society, anything that we see mostly in law enforcement. So these are some things, like I said, that, you know, getting this second chance, the second opportunity, we want to look at how we can affect and impact our community differently. Absolutely. You know, the unfortunate thing, Sheriff, right, is, is, is as you said, you know, you say sheriff, you say cop, you say deputy, it comes with that negative connotation or that negative feeling 
or you know that someone immediately turns their lip downward right and you know i um what was it i guess at the end of last year as i was going through the gwinnett 101 program i just think it bears repeating what you said right there you know community policing is critically important this mental health component that you talk about that's just i mean I, again another thing that i just can't overemphasize enough if folks really and you know everybody's an everyday kind of human being you know i can i've got a couple of friends i may say something like well if you go look at the details you know the first thing they may say is well i ain't got time to look at the details that ain't my job you know why can't the police or the sheriff folks just why can't you just act right well you know um okay i hear that and maybe we can get a little bit more pub for our officers so that folks do know but you can't lose sight of the fact that you're a citizen of the county right you live here. And, you know, I, I just want to give a little pushback that it's your responsibility. It is your responsibility to know. You really should know. You should know that this county is kind of driving the way in terms of engaging from a mental health perspective and making sure that officers and deputies have that kind of support. It's a really big deal because a lot of the things that you folks encounter, that turns out to be mental stuff. You know, y'all really do wind up dealing with that to a large degree. And the everyday person just don't know that. They don't. You know, it's, it's too bold, too, man. And one other thing, too, you know, when we look at it and we see the negative that comes up out of law enforcement, you know, one thing that we talk about here is, is self-care. Yeah. You know, I can't come out and be my best and give you my best if I'm not at my best, Okay. So if I'm dealing with things, man, that I'm bringing in from my personal life and I'm bringing it to work, you know, I'm going to displace that aggression sometimes, uh, you know, unjustified, mm -hmm. you know, on you. And so, you know, for us to begin this change, man, we have to make sure that we're healthy and we have to make sure that our mental, you know, you know, our, our, our mental state is the best and that we're mentally healthy when we come out here and we're doing our job. So when we recognize other people that is going through, you know, crises that are impacting their actions, you know, that's a that's a degree of empathy that we have to have, and as to how we deal with that, and you know, and how we address that person, and you know, and I'm trying to push a concept that maybe jail is not the best place for a person to be that's going through, you know, a mental crisis. Now I've hit some brick walls, man. I got the scars to prove them. Okay. But we're not going to stop pushing that concept till we get what we need. We need the resources. We're going to need people. We're going to need the corporation from the state. We're going to need the corporation from the federal government. You know, even our local officials, man, we have to buy into this concept, you know, that we have to decriminalize mental health and change that culture. And, and I'm telling you, when we do that, it would, if, I, if, I, if, if I can't get anything else accomplished while I'm in here, if we can get that piece right there accomplished, you're going to see a dramatic difference in how law enforcement and the community interacts with each other and the culture that you see that's coming up out of the back end of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have no doubt of that myself. I want to ask you uh, two things on, on that point, Sheriff, um, in, in that absolutely critical, in my humble opinion, right? You know, you, you mentioned that you've got the scars going into this situation and you know i don't i don't take that as is a light thing you know 
you know, like I said, you know, I, I volunteer on many levels. Folks know that I make it my business to, to know some things, right? And I know this is no easy task that you've put upon yourself. But I would ask for you, number one, to share some of those scars with the listeners just so they know and they understand. I mean, when I look at it as a, I'm a technologist by trade, a creator, a writer of books, I hold several patents, I problem solve for a living. And one of the first things I realized when I looked at it is, okay, I know we don't have hospitals, you per se for the mentally ill, and you know, we don't have support facilities, and, and I get all that, and a lot of that was shut down decades ago. So then my my question is the critical thinkers questions. Why don't we? You know, what specific things do we need? And if someone has identified them, because they have, um, why can't we get the support we need when someone like the sheriff says, I need to change the method and mode of how we do this work so that we can make the community better. And part of that is facilitating this change. But y'all keep wanting to beat me down about it. You know, if you could share the beat downs, right? I, I want folks to, to know the beat downs, number one, and then number two, as everyday citizens, it's part of our responsibility, right? That's fair. So what do we need to be doing to help you? Well, first of all, everybody has to buy into the snake oil that's being sold, okay? All of your stakeholders, your, your, your elected officials, you know, when we go back in and we look at how the jail system became the de facto depository for people with mental illness, it's right. because somebody that was in the position of power made the decision that we're going to take and divert these funds for mental health. We're going to close these facilities down. We're going to underfund them. You know, we're going to, you know, cut taxes. We're going to do all of this stuff. And then what they did was they dumped those people out on the street. Okay. So then the next thing you know, these people wind up work. They wind up in my jail. Okay, that that that's that's that is it. And then they refuse to go back in and see that you know what maybe we, or excuse me, refuse to acknowledge that maybe we made a bad decision here mm -hmm. by defunding these programs. But since this is a good talking piece, we're gonna keep going in that direction because. You know, if they're in the jail system or they're in the penal system, then they're still off of our streets. They're out of our neighborhoods. They're this, they're that, you know, and we don't we can put them behind the walls and then still not have to deal with that situation. Well, unfortunately, you know, there's no way that you cannot deal with it because when you go back in and you look at it, the, the, the mental illnesses are spilling outside of the walls of the jail. And then it is happening in its impact in these neighborhoods where folks are not getting locked up. People are getting killed. OK, yeah, you cannot deny, you know, you say what you want to about Gwinnett County or any other county that you want to come in with. Hey, we're great with this, with that. We want to bring in all these businesses and and grow the economy in this county. We have a very serious problem with homelessness here in Gwinnett County. Absolutely. And nobody wants to talk about it especially when 85, 90% of the people that are homeless have a mental disability. Now, well, some okay, are, okay, we say it differently, Sheriff, right? Because, you know, real world, real folks on the street, observations, what you see. I like how you put it, but I just want to flip that a little bit because I know, mm -hmm. you, know you can go on, what is the thing, next door, the, the little neighborhood app, and the folks mm -hmm. up here, way up here in the north end of the county over there by mm -hmm. Brazelton and whatnot, all of a sudden they're like, have you seen the guy sitting on the bench 
for like eight days, or I'm up here in North Suwannee, right? And there's a poor lady that's four families by the Walmart, apparently. And there's a lady that has parked over by the Starbucks constantly. Definitely homeless. They're yeah. over there near that um, extended stay. And the a lot of the folks, you, they don't see them. And a lot of them act like, you know, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. How is that getting into my neighborhood? It shouldn't be here. We need to do something about it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, a famous rapper mogul turned out one day say, "Don't talk about it. Be about it. Be about because it. We need to be about it." And I and I just wanted to emphasize that point, right? Because, yeah. like, like you said, this thing is you can't wall that off. It's not how society yeah. works. And, and let me tell you, it's easy. You know, were well, they in a car, so they okay? No, yeah. man, they're not okay. Okay, because you know, it's just like I just said here about the jail. The next time you see them, they might not be in that car. That's right. They're doing, you know, other things is coming out. It's going to come outside. So right now we're starting, just now starting to get people to, to realize that, hey, we're going to have to address mental health. And so the state, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to say it, I don't care. You know, the state is talking about the, the state bill uh, uh, 1013 and, you know, and everybody's walking around slapping each other on the back about how good that is. And that's a start. Okay. That's a start. That's a good campaign sounding start. All yeah. right. But until that money starts to hit these streets and we're able to come out here and use that money and impact and do things differently. Okay. Don't come in here slapping me on the back talking about HBO 1013. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose some people, you know, but I'm just, I keep it real. And that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. I had two conversations just the last couple of days about that bill. And I'm like, when I start to see some, some significant resources in here that I can do some things differently with, then okay, then I'm talking and I'll get behind you and I'll start slapping on the back. But, you know, one of the main problems that people don't talk about, man, you about to get me going on a whole nother direction. <laughs> Sam, we answered edges, brother. We answered edges. You, you got to do what you got to do. Take and it where you got to go. What? You know, I, I I was sitting there, man, and 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 um, this lady, she's the director of DBHDD. You know, I was at a conference last year, mm -hmm. and they come up and they're talking about, oh, we got this great program, man. We're putting clinicians out here in the cars out here with officers, and they're responding. And and so, you know, me, I I, I got a couple questions. I'm like, why is Gwinnett County not on the presentation here? I said, I got another question. Is this 24/7? Law enforcement is 24/7. Right. No, it's not. Got a couple of clinicians out here that are trying to get money to hire more, but they're out here periodically. And I said, and even so, now I'm going to really let the cat out of the bag, okay? You come out here on a crisis call, that clinician ain't going nowhere near that call. That clinician is going to sit in the car, yeah. okay, if, while that officer or deputy go into that house, all right? And that's data and that's that's information that should be captured that they're not capturing because they're not qualified to go in there and put themselves in that level of danger. Mm. I'm like, don't come to me with that, man. I got deputies out here that we're training that we've developed an 80 hour course that's been approved through post. OK, I got a licensed clinical professional. I got a, 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 psycho, a, 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 a psychologist that's on staff on my mental health task force. And we're training our people. So when we go out to a call, a mental health call, we got a deputy 
that is going in on that call. So not only are you law enforcement going in on that call, you also now have the training to go in there and recognize and help to begin the evaluation on these people so that we can get that information to the licensed professionals to get them placed. So, you know, which takes us to a whole nother different ball game. Where are we putting them? You know, we got space, but we ain't got no people. State ain't paying these folks. So, you know, they're going in doing private practice. They're doing all these other things. So if you got 20 beds in there, you don't have the staff to bring. We can't take them there. Right. I've offered this jail here. I said, man, I got jail space. I said, help me. Give me some money. Help me retool this jail space. And we can turn this jail space into a quasi crisis stabilization unit. Mm. Not one penny. Not one penny. So. And then, and then on, on that note, Sheriff, hardcore with it. So not one penny. The answer was no. What was the justification? Is because the the usual answer I'm assuming is there's just not enough money in the budget. Pat you on the head. Oh man, that's a great idea. We're gonna get back with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason I got no hair, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And then those are the challenges that we deal with when we when we have our style of government and a bureaucracy that, that that can't be denied. But I think that the important piece is again, that's why I'm 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 I don't mind volunteering to do this is to get the stories out because the folks in the community need to know they need to see it they need it needs to intrude upon their everyday because you never know when you're gonna be the one in that crisis situation. The news plays on constant background. Social media always highlights and showcases the story where there's the deputy right there dragging that person by the hair or whatnot and that's bad and ooh, bad, bad, bad officers, bad cops, bad deputies. And now let me go over here to McDonald's. And that's how we live. That's how we live. But that cannot be the way we live. You need to stall out, go and get the cheeseburger and the fries and getting the fat economy going, stall that out. Focus a little bit, not on the negativity of what just popped up on your phone, but again, the critical thing is questions in these divisions and these divides. Why did that happen? Why did that happen and what's the situation? I'm sorry, we cannot step away from the negative, okay? You know, you, you cannot say, Oh, you know what? The media put that out, and I hate that they put that negative out. And you know, you can't step away from it because if that is what it is, then it is what it is. I hear you. And we have to go back in, and we have to deal with the negative. We have to deal with that ugly perception. You know, the problem that I have is some media outlets, man, they'll they'll come out there and they tell the full story. So if you're telling the full story, great. But when you're chopping it up just to get it to where, you know, uh, you get that ooh factor. Sensational. Yeah. The sensational factor, then that's not what that is designed for. That's not that's not news. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. And for some of these people, man, they've gone from being news journalists to entertainers. Absolutely. And that's dangerous, okay, because, you know, the, the media is, is a very – it's a, it's, a, it's a strong component of what we need for the check and balance. You know, a lot of people, man, it's like, you know, you're here, especially elected officials. I don't like the media perception, so I'm not going to do this. 
well, I got to do this to get a better, more positive media perception, you know? So what goes out and, and, and the product that comes back from the media is real. You know, what we simply ask is, that's fine, that's great. Just report the whole story, okay? If I screw up, I screw up, all right? But if I screw up and you see me making taking steps to fix it, then come back and say, hey, Sheriff Taylor, man, he screwed this one up because we're human. What did I tell you? We got failure. But here's what he's doing to try to make it right. Here's the steps that he took beforehand. It didn't work, okay? But we're trying to do something differently here. So we got to have that. But what has to happen too, you know, as people like yourself, you know, I appreciate you giving, you know, not just me, but anybody, if there's any situation, give us the chance to give the full story. Give us the chance to get the full bottle of information out so that the people can make a better decision. And, and you know, it's, okay, I see that. I don't like that. You know, I don't like what I saw. I don't, you know, that's not the way we do things. That's not the way that it should be. But this guy has put some money in the bank, okay? He's making a deposit up out of that bank right now. And since he put that money in the bank, I'm going to give him this chance and opportunity to clean it up. That's all that I ask. You know, I don't ask for no more. I don't ask for no less. That's awesome. And and, and I really do appreciate you saying that. Sheriff, because, you know, it, it, it comes down to facts and whether or not you can trust the facts, you know, in the fourth estate, so-called area of journalism. I like how you said it. We've evolved, or some would say devolved, into this state of sensationalism. News is entertainment, and we love our entertainment. We appreciate our entertainment. But facts that affect lives, lives that are sometimes lost, that should not be considered entertainment. It should not be. Tell the full story. I'm 100% with you on that, I back that all the way to the hill. Let me let me ask you on that point because I saw the news story and it was on that monitor that I got sitting up there on the wall. But you know, it's it was intruding into my day job, and I got to make my buck too. But I heard the piece where they said Sheriff Taylor is running the jail, and this person lost their life, and it felt like it was magnified to sensationalize that point, if, if I can say so. And I don't know. If I, I don't know the reporter or if that's what they were trying to do, I just know that's what I got into my head through my ears. And I wanted to ask you about that, get your take on it to get the full story. Sure. That young man had been incarcerated in this jail when I came into office and I'm not deflecting, I'm not pushing, I'm not anything. The medical company that was here at that time was hired by my predecessor, okay? So when that came up, and that kid died, all right? What we did do is we went back in and we did a thorough overview of the whole process. And for transparency, I didn't let my people do the investigation. We called the GBI in, okay? And uh, we asked them to come in and investigate it, and they did. They came in, took a look. And so what we did also internally is went back and looked at our procedures to make sure you know, was any of our deputies, you know, is there some accountability that we need to look at? Anytime anybody dies, man, I don't care how good your policies are, you got to go back in and you got to look and you can always find things, man, that you can do better. 
But one of the things that I did was I fired that company. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I did. I fired that company and I brought in another company. And of course, we still have had deaths here in this jail. We've had, you know, an, an extraordinary number of deaths that has happened in this jail. Now, I can sit here and tell you it's because of, you know, COVID. I can tell you it's because of a lot of things. But I, what I can tell you is, is this. There's a lot of people out here that had a lot of pre-existing conditions that came into this jail that's going into these hospitals. And when you just don't have that space, you know, they're getting a level of care and then they're sending them back. And that's what was happening here, man. We were getting people, we send them out to the hospital, they're sending them back, yeah. okay? But for that particular case, and, and that was one of the things, man, that, uh, that I talk about the media. So when you go back and you look at the media account of that, when the reporter came out and he did the first interview, and I'm sitting there and I know what was said because, you know, everything was documented and it made it sound like, you know, I said, yeah, we got deaths, but everything is okay. He completely cut out a whole block of my conversation and mm -hmm. went to, but everything is okay. So it made it sound like I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, I got people dying, but this is But okay. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly. <laughs> Hello, man. It gets man. Then he turns around and does a follow-up, okay? And on the follow-up, he comes in, he says, this guy died, and the sheriff didn't make any changes. That's not true. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I didn't answer him and tell him what changes I made. All of a sudden, it didn't go from I asked a question. I didn't get an answer. The sheriff refused to answer or didn't answer or whatever, however you want to put it. It goes from that to he didn't make any changes. Hmm. So that's what I say. We have to be responsible. We have to be responsible and make sure that we tell the full story. Well, the first major change that I made is, is when I realized that or felt that that company was not giving out the adequate medical care that needed to be here, I fired them. That's so, what, you know, that's number one. Now, I'm going to ask you real quick on that note, Sheriff, because, again, you know, when we go into the day hours, whatnot, it, you know, I think this is like for most folks, you got to focus on what you do for a living, right? So some folks like me may have that playing in the background. But it did resonate with me. And... I don't remember hearing that vital piece. I don't. I don't remember hearing the part where, because there's two things as you're telling the full story. I don't remember them saying, and maybe they did, that you fired the company, but that wasn't the part that was sensationalized. The sensationalized part to me was, we interviewed the sheriff that that's happening here, and he says everything is just fine. Well, what does that mean? Is that what, and I was like, wow. Okay, so I didn't, and I didn't hear the part also where, and they might have said it, but however they piece the story together, it didn't, it wasn't highlighted that you self-audited, that you called the GBIN, that you went back and drove the process of looking at your own procedures. These are things that are important to know. And I guess, I, you These know- These are things that I said during the interview. But okay? yeah, yeah. But I guess that part got cut off on and it, and it hit the floor because they cut those things out. They didn't come back in there and talk about that stuff. But, you know, and again, I have no control over the media. I have no control over the narrative of, you know, what they come in and they put out, you know. And unfortunately, like, if they're media friendly to you, you know, they're going to be fair and, they, you know, they're going to put out, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If they're not, they're just going to put out what they feel like is going to get that wow factor. 
That's right. You know, I went through the same thing, man, with these lawsuits with these bonding companies, man. I came up out of it and we had negotiated uh, a settlement on one of the bonding companies out here, a very favorable settlement for the, the citizens of Gwinnett County. And then I come out and the next thing I know, the news media says, I met this one reporter, the bail bonding company beat the share. <laughs> like, mm. no. The guy that owned the bell bonding company, man, I put him up out of here. <laughs> he didn't operate no more. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, again, you know, um, and I guess that's where I'm going to have to learn to be a stronger politician because, you know, I know that that, that media scrutiny and some people are going to base their vote on who they want to vote for. Exactly. On that. Exactly. But exactly. I can assure you before the next election, you know, it's like anything else, man. We're going to put, the, you know, anything people want to know that we can legally put out, we're going to put it out, you know, and, and, and it's easy for anybody that is responsible to come back in and take a look at the process. And I'll give you one other, I'll give you one other account on that, right? When they did the second story, the reason why the second story became newsworthy is because the GBI, after they investigated it, they turned the findings over to the district attorney's office. Mm. The district attorney's office found that there was no, neg excuse me, criminal negligence on anybody's part right. in the sheriff's office. That's right. So how about if we had said at the very beginning, the GBI is investigating this, and once we get it, we're going to turn it over to the district attorney's office and let them find it. We're going to stay neutral. We're going to stay up out of it. So we got good transparency to say that we're not trying to cover anything up. All that stuff was said the first time, yeah, but yeah. none of it hit. Then all of a sudden, now when it comes out that there's there's nothing in the, you know, and 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 they've done the investigation and nobody's gonna be held accountable for it. Like, dude, you should have said that from day one. Man, Sheriff Till, I gotta tell you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Because even as we're talking through it, certain pieces are sparking in my brain. And I'm remembering now that that's the first part that made me turn from one computer to the screen. I was like, oh, wait a minute. The DA looking at it and somebody died and ain't nobody paying attention to it and there's no issues? Is, this, is that what's going on? Wait a minute. Hang on a second. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly Oh, man. When I first came in here, one, you go back and you look at a lot of the things that I talked about. I talked about issues going on over there in that jail. We had that rapid response team that was over there beating people up. Yep, okay? yep. So the very first thing I did when I came in is I disbanded that unit and we went back in and we reconfigured that, that whole unit over there, different trainings, CIT training, tried to change the culture in there the whole nine yards. Why do you think I would sit there and let a kid die in that jail, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And not have some sort of concern to say, hey, we need to go one more extra step to make sure that we did everything right yeah and find out what happened with this kid after everything you ran on to there, we have done it it on everything that has gone on we have gone in there and 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 and, and, and ran the comb through mm. what you don't the ones that you don't hear about is people man that have close calls that don't die right you gotta know man right. let me tell you something with this new medical company i got here right now i've escorted people out of this building, mm. medical personnel, when they didn't do what they're supposed to do, put them out. They can't come back in here. Excellent. They can't come in. 
And I go back to the, you got to get somebody else. You're going to have to step your game up. You're going to have to get me the right people in here to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't come here asking me for nothing else until you take care of what you're supposed to take care of here in this jail. So we walk doctors out of here. Okay. We walk other medical professionals up out of here. All right. I'm serious about what's going on here. I don't care what anybody else says. When it comes down, we are looking and we're, man, do we get it right every time? No. No. Okay. Like I said, it's a practice in here. Yeah. And sometimes we don't get it right, but it's not from the lack of trying. Well, it's like I say, Sheriff, success requires repetition. Practice drives towards perfection. And in, interestingly enough, that goes right into your ethos where life is about practice, that you, you're living it yes. to improve it every single solitary day. Well, I'm going to tell you something, um, Sheriff, I, and I, I'm real on this, and I hate to say it, but it's the same thing I said to a couple of friends several years back. You know, I wrote a book about Barack Obama. Yeah, I was so moved, and I wrote it to kind of be my personal testimony to why I voted for him the first time and why I'm going to vote for him, why I voted for him the second time, but also highlight where I think he made a mistake, and I think elected officials like you are recognizing it, and unfortunately, you have to internalize it and act on it. You know, he kept saying, you know, you, he lamented the permanent campaign. He didn't want to keep having to talk to the media or be this political piece. He said, I need time to govern. I won the election. Now I need time to do the job. But he, he steadily, so it took him two terms and he got what he got done. But if you don't stay in our faces, we hard headed and we don't listen. We'll listen to anyone who's willing to talk. If, if you don't stand up and I'll say proselytize us, you know, indoctrinate us, if you want to use that word, that's kind of ugly, but it speaks to the truth of how we as everyday people act like myrmidons. We will sit here and go, oh, they see he said what? He said, what? Oh, he ain't good. That's not a good dude. He's not. And that might be the elected official that's taking care of your roads, putting money in your pocket when you need it within budget, doing everything right. But that official isn't telling the story. Unfortunately, Sheriff, you're going to have to keep telling the story from front to back, all the details, like you said, because if you don't, someone else will. And it won't be the right story. Let me tell you what, man, it's taken me a year and a half to realize that. Okay. You know, you, you know, again, man, you know, you trust that people are going to do what is right. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and again, and, and like I've said, and I've said this to the media, you hold me accountable. Okay. What actually, you know, what, what really aggravates me the most is, is when I find out things from the media, quicker than I do from what I should be finding out from my own internal organization. Mm. So, you know, but again, that's part of life. So they're going to get their information, you know, so that means that I have got to step my game up and I get, man, you know, just like Barack, you know, we come in here, we have a lot of different ideas. We've got some very, very good ideas, but when you get to the point to where you realize that, Hey, there's some things that you can implement yourself then you go on and you do it. But when it takes other people, other stakeholders to get and have that buy-in, then you, know, you have to figure out how to come back in, compromise and work with these people. And that's across the aisles, okay? Yep. Whether it's Republican, Democrats or whatever. Exactly. You know, you have to come back in and figure out, you know, who has the best interests of the people in your, in your venue that you're responsible for, okay? 
So in that, with that being said, you know, you're right. We do have to, I have to do a better job of getting the facts out. But what I ask is, is that when I give you the facts, please report the facts, you know, don't cut me up, you know, yeah. and, 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 and chop it down. You know, I just told you some things here, you know, that has gone on on two different media events for me that made me look very negative. But, you know, when you go back in and if you look at the bonding company situation, and I use that one as an example, you know, we have won every at every level that we've been at, we have won. Okay, you know, so we're standing on good, strong legal grounds. But to hear the media say it, oh, man, you know, he had to cave into this bonding company. No, I did not. You know, I did not. I'm still very much strong and in control of the bonding industry here in Gwinnett County. You know, the medical situation. Yes, no, we have not gotten it completely right. No, but we're looking at every avenue, you know, and also looking to see if this is the best company for Gwinnett County. Right. You know? I mean, you know, you got to look at everything, man. You Nothing is off the table. I love that. I love that because in order to govern effectively, you have to have a discerning, detailed eye to examine everything critically. And I think sometimes, again, going back to us everyday citizens, we lose sight of that. You know, we, we don't recognize that fundamental truth. I, I wanted to ask you as we also continue the story of Sheriff Kibo Taylor, you know, um, let, let's go back and, and you know, you're, you're in office. What is the most challenging thing about this job that you want to share with folks when you were when you ran right up against it and clearly you 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 you, you overcame it right you know but um what, what what was that thing so folks can get a sense of what it's like to be you in know position? let me tell you man i'm too blessed to, to focus in on the challenges to be honest with you I you guess. know um you know every day you know, and, and i don't look at it as a challenge i look at it as it's for me it's a re a rebirth of life for me Okay, you know, I'm that type of person. And if you knew me before, you knew that I was that guy that I did my best in crisis. Okay, when things, you know, is just going, man, you know, and it's fit, that's when I really excel the best. So I come in and it's like, this is not slow pace, but this is a long thesis level crisis that you have to deal with. So you know, the challenges are, you know, like I said, is, is when you have a vision and you feel like that that vision is the right vision for you, your organization, for the citizens, for the, you know, we don't call them inmates here. We call them the residences here, Gwinnett, you know, in the Gwinnett County Jail. You know, when you have that vision, man, you know, it's just bringing everybody else in on that same vision. That's been the challenge. Okay. And, um, you know, and, and, and we can sit there and say, well, okay, I'm gonna go do it anyway. Well, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. You know, sometimes I gotta have the buy-in of the stakeholders that hold, that holds the first strings. And sometimes, you know, I gotta have those other, you know, what I call the my mouthpieces out here that can get to large groups of people like yourself. You know, you, you're not one of my mouthpieces, but you have a very large audience that, and these people are, you know, they, they, they follow your influence. So I have to be able to convey my messages to folks like yourself to get people thinking, you know what? Well, yeah, I like that. I don't like this. You know, I'll support this, but I won't support that. And then we bring more people in and we compromise and we see what we need to be 
you know, what we're doing out here. But uh, I don't look at it as a challenge. You know, um, you know, man, I had to go back in and re-examine some things, man, failures, you know, and, and, and when we talk about scars, man, you know, it's like people don't want to, you know, you know, they, we don't want to say, hey, I got a scar because I failed here. I, I got yeah. beat up on this right here. But, you know, when I did my swearing in speech, man, I talked about scars and I talked about wearing those scars as badges of honor. You know, you wear, man, you probably wear your scars because, you know, that you, you know, you, you probably played football too, man. If you come up with those scars, well, man, you probably just sit on the bench. You didn't even really <laughs> <That's right. laughs> got no blood. <laughs> You didn't walk around here concussed, man. So you didn't play one. Right. That's right. That's right. I have seen stars myself. Let's let's please believe that. Oh man, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sheriff, I, I want to ask you a, a favor, um, and I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, well, number one, I would really love to have you on again. Absolutely. And walk through those failure episodes, and number two. You know, and I know that because I've seen you out here in the county. You know that. I, I know you're out there. I know your your presence is felt and seen. You know, I am the uh, school council president for Bergmore High School, right? And I'm also starting up a, a program called the Capital Graduate Program. And, you know, I'm trying to just find a, a dynamic speakers. You know, folks are out here doing things to showcase to the kids, especially our Title I schools, so that they can get a different perspective on life and handling failures straight from the folks who are doing it every day. And I would really love to invite you this year over the course of the first semester to come and speak to our first capital graduate cohort, which you plan on establishing. All, all you year. gotta do is let me know, man. You just right. gotta let me know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100 solid. And let me, hey, can I do a couple of things? Can, can I say a couple of things? Yes, please. I yeah, want to put yeah. some of my stuff out on the commercials right now. You know, speaking of things that we do, you know, with our community outreach, last year we did a book bag drive. So if you go back and you look, that was one of the things that they used against me in the lawsuit, said that I was shaking down business owners, you know, making them buy book bags. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, last year we gave out about 2,500 book bags. This year, we're going to be able to do about close to 7,000 book bags. Wow. Okay. So if I'm shaking them down, I'm shaking them down hard. Real hard. <laughs> People are coming through. And not only are we going to be giving away book bags, awesome. we're giving away book bags that's filled with supplies for these kids. Okay. Please get that out. You know, get that out. Um, it's going to be over at the Gwinnett County Fairground on, all, excuse me, july the 30th okay and i think it starts at about 11 o'clock somewhere around in there you got, We've got that event that's going very proud of that event man you know a lot of people have come together you know and and and, and to make this successful you know next year you know we're going to be going for ten thousand. okay I, I tell you that's just how we move man absolutely second thing we're doing is is we've got the sheriff's cup talking about football and uh, we're partnering in with the GFL, that's the Gwinnett Football League. And uh, the two championship teams last year that was 11-year-olds, they're 12-year-olds this year. So we're having what we call the Sheriff's Cup, okay? So the game is going to be televised on Channel 46. You know, we got some other surprises that's coming in for the game. The winner will get the Sheriff's Cup. 
the winner of that team. And we're looking to expand that outside of Gwinnett County. You know, some of the other sheriffs, they come in, they think they know football, man, but I'm telling them you don't know football to you experience Gwinnett County football. Yeah, so man. You know, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah I'm man. telling you, man. Yeah, you know, I, I get into it with Labot, Sheriff Labot and Sheriff Owens. And I'm like, dude, we come over, we beat y'all every year. So I don't know what else you so if you want to come on over and get involved in this, bring it on. You know, come on. No doubt. We're also part of in conjunction with what we're doing. You know, we're also bringing, you know, more so awareness to the gang situation here in Gwinnett. So yeah. Those are some of the things that we want to bring, you know, awareness to some of the things that we're doing, you know, with our gang initiatives out here in Gwinnett County. And like I said, man, you know, if you don't take away nothing else that I, that I say, take this right here today. You know, we can lock up gang people all day long, okay? But until we start to address why a child feel like that they have to be in a gang, we're going to be, that's all we're doing. So we're going to have to start getting into these situations to where we can actually have these conversations, address these kids' situations, address their concerns, address their fears, look at their social economical situations that put them in these areas that they feel like, hey, man, I ain't safe unless I'm in the game. So, you know, man, we're doing it different, okay? We're doing it different. God has blessed me with a different opportunity here. So, you know, we're going to use this sheriff's office to move those resources in those directions. And that's things that we got coming up here. And, uh, and then, of course, too, you know, and I know that we got some time and me and you're going to be all over a whole lot of different things before we get to Thanksgiving. But last year we gave out over 3000 pieces of food at Thanksgiving. You know, we're looking to come back, man. We're going to hit that hard. You know, and uh, through the sheriff's organization, we were able to partner up with uh, uh, New Mercy Church over there, Pastor Kearney, and uh, we presented them with a check for $10,000 for their campaign to go to St. Jude. So, you know, man, we've we, we got some different visions out here. we got different visions, and we're going to do it up. Outstanding, outstanding. Sheriff Kibo Taylor, edges have been etched, my brother. They have been etched. Thank you so much taking the time with us today it's been a real pleasure brother thank you man and they, like they say if you got something that you need me at want me at even if you don't like me invite me man Let me come <laughs> on. <laughs> you got it you got it on the edges we like sheriff kibo taylor just fine open honest fact-based conversation going deep in how we enforce the law there's a mission, and he is firmly about it. Failure is never final, and what we are doing is the practice of life. An excellent message, to be sure. Make sure you check out and support his book bag drive, the Sheriff's Cup, and the Thanksgiving food drive. All good for the community. Thank you, Sheriff Taylor. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it, so please like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Itch the Edges. And don't forget to visit our website at itchtheedges.com. Check us out, join the movement, express your commitment to the cause. Cause for a better America, a better world. But we can all stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Indeed, do it for a better world. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.